The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. My catchphrase starts next week. Ooh, there we go. I like that. You bring the listeners back for something to find out next week, and I'm excited for a new catchphrase myself, so I like that. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> the the Sands fan meme is gone it's Mm -hmm. over it's it's done it's it's done its job yeah all right this week on the episode we'll talk about kelly Oubre's knee injury and a guy that we might be be bringing in to replace him somewhat after that we'll do game recaps against the clippers pistons and warriors and we'll talk about this week's games against the raptors blazers and bucks follow us on twitter at sunny and phx pod same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Update on our bet question. Shout-out to at Dunks on Twitter and two random Clippers fans who I'm not going to say their names because, like, get out of here. Uh, for getting our question correct, we were guessing Ricky Rubio steals. Sundarus Dunks got it right with three. He reclaims his throne of sorts. Uh, as far as as far as it goes between the two of us, Charlie won this one, but I had already won February, so I win the shortest month of the year. Shout out Leap Day as well. Um, so I won February, and we will start March as we record today. So shout out again to at Sundarus Dunks on Twitter for reclaiming his throne in the bet question. All right, and we'll sadly open up the show talking about Kelly Oubre's injury. And this looks like a meniscus tear on his right knee. And this came from the team doctors, and he's still looking for a second opinion. We haven't heard anything back about that. But Monty Williams was quoted saying that we wouldn't be playing with Kelly for a while. So this is obviously a pretty rough time for the Suns, especially with the last week of games since we've been missing him. Uh, a few pretty tough losses all right in a row. So let's talk a little bit about Kelly. And is he r- the main reason for these struggles that we've just been having? I think he's a big part of it. Kelly Oubre is clearly the heart and soul of our team. Uh, from being at the the games, normally they do a little mosh pit. You know, It, it kind of went around on Twitter after the first few games of the season where everyone gets hyped, they push each other around, run around in a circle, do a little bit of a mosh pit kind of thing. And then Kelly usually does a little dance and breaks the huddle. And he's really excited about it. Let me tell you, these mosh pits have been very sad without Kelly. Mostly guys just kind of standing there, maybe like one of the young guys kind of running around, mixing it up a bit. But they've been lame. 
So that's that's an area where he really has an effect. And then on the court, I mean, Kelly Oubre is our second best three-point shooter. So that hurts. He's athletic. He scores for us pretty well. Um, this is, yeah, this is really tough. I think it's a big reason why we're losing. And, you know, just not having that that emotional leader, that vocal leader in Kelly is really hurting the team. Right. I think so too. Kelly is the vocal leader on the floor and guys get hyped when he makes big plays too. We're missing that. The Kelly Oubre dunks that get everybody in the gym excited. You know, that gets the team excited and we're, we're missing out on that too. Defensively, I mean, he's he's playing the passing lanes. He's blocking shots every once in a while. Just everything he brings, we're, we're sorely missing right now. And then you look at, we have Mikhail Bridges in there starting for him. And Mikhail's been playing pretty decently over this week. I think he's been in double figures each game. But it's still not the offensive output that we need, that we're missing from Kelly. I don't know if Mikhail can fill those shoes right now. And then you look at Cam Johnson coming off the bench. He's still pretty much just a shooter. And we're missing guys who can get into the lane, and that's what Kelly was probably best at, was breaking down the defense and getting to the rim. Yeah, I'm really looking at this as Dario Sarge replacing Kelly because our starting lineup had been with with Bridges in it for a bit. So I'm kind of looking at it from that angle, and it's that's not good i mean dario dario has actually been okay over the last couple games but um just way different than what kelly does and it's it's very apparent the the difference that that we see without kelly so yeah dario as as much as he has kind of improved lately it's still it's not the same at all right and you're right about it's more of a dario replacing kelly situation yeah i but I was just relating them as both small forwards. But. Right. Well, and I see what you're saying. I mean, Mikhail just doesn't have that offensive output. I mean, if we take this Warriors game, for example, he hit some threes in the first half against the Warriors. I think he had 12 points. And he didn't score after that. He gets shut down pretty quick. If he's hot, then great. He'll add a few threes. But when he's not, I mean, he's he's just nothing on offense, really. Right. And, you know, I'm trying to remember when at the beginning of the season, when we were all so high and mighty on our on our team here, Dario was playing pretty well, but it was still it was inconsistent. But he was playing better than he is now. What's changed so much? Why can't Dario quite get into the swing of things lately? I mean, we put him back in the starting lineup. He's been playing 30 27 28 minutes he's getting the minutes but it just doesn't seem like what it was at the beginning of the year i mean i think he's a streaky guy first off he started out hot and then slowed down i mean the places where he's played philadelphia and minnesota like people there knew that he was pretty streaky um i think when you combine that streakiness with some of the inconsistency in the lineup of, you know, going from starting to coming off the bench to just not playing altogether. 
to starting again, then the bench, then starting. I don't think that's really helpful for him. I think consistency is probably big for him. And I also think the Frank Kaminsky injury has really affected Dario because Frank could come in and replace a lot of what Dario did when he was cold and give Dario that time to either rest or try to find a groove while maybe Frank was on because Frank's another guy who's kind of streaky. So kind of trying to offset those two. And without Frank, I think there's just been more pressure on Dario to, to be more consistent and he's just not. Yep. I think that's well said. And again, I'm missing Frank. I wonder if he's shut down for the season or not. We still haven't. He might as well be. Why? We're not playing for anything. I mean, for entertainment value of us going to games, I know I know we're we're a little disheartened right now. It's been rough yeah. watching Suns basketball over this last week. I, I don't know if if Frank were ready to go, I think why not throw him in there? But if it's iffy, sit him. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him play. <coughs> I like Frank. I liked you know, I, I liked Frank. I liked seeing what he could do out there and. I don't feel like he got much of a chance, but at this point with this few games left and I don't know if he's at all hurt, keep him on bench. Yep. And this is just more opportunity for Bridges and Cam Johnson to get minutes at the three and four and just, you know, they need the, they need the minutes. They still do. That's true. Yeah. Especially Cam. Because he, I mean, he's been getting there. There are times where you can see him find his groove. But he just needs as many minutes as he can get at this point. Totally. And since uh, it looks like Kelly might be getting shut down for the rest of the year and we're, we're getting a little thin, it sounds like Jordan McRae might be an option for the Suns to pick up. And he was just bought out by the Nuggets after starting the season with the Wizards. And it looks like this might be a guy that we're targeting to uh, help us get through the rest of the year, pretty much. He put up some pretty good numbers for Washington, just couldn't really find a place with the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I'm in the twilight zone, kind of, because we signed Jordan McRae to a, 10 day, a couple 10-day contracts a couple years ago when our team was really struggling, and now it's like, we're kind of in the same position, but at least Devin Booker will have another guy who has at least played for the Suns before. Yeah, um, bring back an old teammate for yeah. Devin. It might be nice. Yeah, but I mean, McCray, he was playing like pretty well this year. And I know he led the G League in scoring last year. Right. So, I mean, it would have been nice to have a. Uh, the highest scoring G League player from last year play against a G League team like the Warriors, who we played on on Saturday. That could have been helpful. Maybe that would have been the edge. Yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, it's it's a little bit odd. Uh, I know it. I think we're tenth in the waiver order to get him. So pretty good. Like I think if we want him, we can get him. It seems like it's. It, uh, I know Woj said it's like a pretty probable landing spot. So, right. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix Suns basketball. Let's sign some G League guys now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think McRae will be good because we haven't seen anything too special out of Javon Carter or Ellie or Ty Jerome. Those guys really aren't. They're not pushing the envelope for us at all. So why not throw in McRae? 
I don't know. And if we do claim him off the waivers, we get his early bird rights, I believe. Yep. yep so yep. if we are interested in him and think that maybe he's our backup to next year, maybe maybe that's the plan. I, I wouldn't be entirely opposed to that because we're going to have some roster spots open and who knows. And if he's a, a bit of a combo guard too, we'll, we can take that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I mean, we do need help in that in that spot. So why not essentially replacing Tyler Johnson? Why not? Right. Who Tyler Johnson, I looked him up before the show just to confirm. He still hasn't signed with anyone no, yet. He hasn't. Uh, the Lakers just let go of Troy Daniels. So I saw <laughs> Tyler Johnson's name being thrown there. You know, the, them taking the Suns trash, Tyson Chandler, yeah. Troy Daniels. And now maybe Tyler Johnson. That'd be kind of funny. They're also going to work out Dion Waiters, I saw. Oh, so yeah. I. Could... That's the probably the better option there, mm-hmm. if I had to make a guess. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. Like, Tyler Johnson, I actually feel bad for him. Because he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he wasn't playing great. And that, that's pretty much it, you know? I feel like he was really great about being a good team player and, like, still giving his best effort, you know? It's not like he was sulking or complaining or anything like that. He was still giving it his all. I know even right before um, right before he got cut, he was on the outlet with Lindsey Smith. Like, he was still doing all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's very – I think he's a very professional player. You know, right. he kept everything very, very professional, and I really appreciate that. Right, and yeah, you'd like to. We'd like to see him sign somewhere, and I know the day yeah. for guys signing with teams still being eligible for playoff games. I know that's coming up pretty soon, so maybe we'll see some more of those guys mm-hmm. get signed here by those playoff teams soon. Yeah, I, I hope that Tyler Johnson can. I, I'm rooting for him. Right on. All right, let's move on to some game recaps. We got three games from last week that we'll talk about. First, we'll do the Suns against the Clippers, and this we took the loss in this one, 102-92. to And in this one, Suns came out hot. It was 29-21 to after the first quarter, but after that, they were outscored by 18 in the next two. Yeah, this was tough. Um, DeAndre Ayton had a good game, though. He had 25 points and 17 rebounds on... 50% shooting. So that's cool. Um, I kind of figured that he figured out that he could take Montrez Harrell pretty well. And he did. So that was great. Um, Ricky Rubio also played well with 18 points, six rebounds and 10 assists. And uh, there was a point before this Warriors game where Ricky Rubio had, I believe, a four-game streak of having 15 or more points and 10 or more assists. And only a handful of guys have done that. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, Rubio, uh, I will say he had seven turnovers. So that that's tough. Um, And it's, it has been a little bit of an issue for him lately, but I, I don't know. I love Ricky Rubio, even with some of those turnovers, some of the passes he makes are just amazing. The way he can wrap the ball around the basket for either a layup or a kick out to the corner for three or to the top of the key or to find a guy crashing into the lane for an alley-oop or whatever. Like, he can operate under the basket better than most guys. And I, I like it. 
is this the game where he passed it off the glass to Aiton on the opposite opposite block? Yeah, yeah, it must have been. It it took me a couple watches to see exactly what happened, but he kind of just angled it off the edge of the glass so it'd be easily rebounded by Aiton. I don't know if they would have counted that as a rebound for him or if it would have been an assist had he made the bucket. I think he got fouled on it. Mm-hmm. I think he got fouled, but just stuff like that is so incredible. It's like he he knew that angle would work, and he knew that Aiton would be able to rise up and grab that over the guy in front of him. Who else is doing that? That's right. That's that's crazy. Yeah, Rubio is a smart player. So, yeah, I mean, aside from those guys, though, I mean, Booker struggled five for nineteen shooting, one for eight from three. <sighs> Booker. I mean, Devin Booker is still my favorite player. I love him, but he has had some struggles. Yeah, and then, it's been a rough week for Booker. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, it's the same story with the bench. Cam Johnson had a good game. He had 11 points on four for eight shooting, three for six from three. That's all we can ask from him. But everyone else, I mean, if you take away Cam Johnson, our bench scored nine points. Like that's rough. 20 total and 11 of them from Cam. You're not going to win many games when your bench is giving you that little. And then, I mean, for the Clippers, I know no one wants to hear this, but Marcus Morris played well. 18 <laughs> points. That I think, was 18 his season high? Probably No, it wasn't his season high. It was Clippers high. Clippers high, yeah. He hadn't been on the Clippers for very long. But, right. I, like... Those guys, like Marcus Morris, always plays us tough. I know six for four, 14 isn't amazing, but his, I mean, his 18 points made a big difference, especially that four for eight from three. That made a big difference. And then uh, Kawhi had a good game 24 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. Paul George didn't have a very good game. He only had 11 points, but I don't know. This was just a case of us playing poorly rather than them playing that well. I mean, they only scored 102 points, but they're a good defensive team, and we have just been cold as ice. So, yeah, 102-92, like, come on. Yeah, that's an interesting one, and you think Devin Booker with only 14 points, if he has a normal game, uh, put up 25, we win the game since we lost by 10. But then again, Paul George had been struggling at this time. I'm not sure if he's got out of his funk but had he had a normal game they would have blown us out right yep that's pretty much it i mean i didn't like watching this game it wasn't very fun no Um, it wasn't very fun watching any of the games this right yeah i mean i was just gonna say you know to talk about another game i didn't like watching which was the best of the week was this loss to the pistons the pistons okay let me tell you who the pistons started John Henson, who I didn't know was even still in the league. Derek Rose, Tony Snell, Christian Wood. Christian Wood's good. Derek Rose still having his resurgence. Resurgence. And a guy who I don't even know how to say his name. Svi. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it's Michaelic. Michaelhook. Or something like that. Michaelhook. That lineup, that starting lineup beat us. 
that starting lineup did beat us. And but, Brandon Knight. Yeah. Brandon Knight tied for their second highest scorer with 19 points, 5 for 11 from 3, 7 for 14 from the floor. And this was his highest scoring output in a game since he wore a Suns jersey. How does that make us feel? Not good? Horrible. I saw they put Brandon Knight in, and I was like, (laughs) oh, great, we're going to win easily. No, we lost. Thon Maker plays for the Pistons, and we lost. It's it's rough. It's really rough. And, you know, our whole starting lineup is in double figures. You get 20 out of 8 and you get 26 out of Booker. Our bench scores a few points. What, 26? Which is better than normal for us. 25, yeah. But, I mean, okay, Javon Carter with three points in 21 minutes? Come on. That's, I mean, that's that's rough. Baines only played 12 minutes, seven points, which, you know, that makes sense. We had to play eight and a lot just because they, they don't have much size. The Pistons didn't have much size, but Aiton has 20 and 10 on 10 for 12 shooting, which is fine. I mean, Aiton needs to shoot more. And, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, just, you know, kind of recapping the week and Aiton didn't get the ball nearly enough. And when they tried, uh, a lot of times the passes were bad or, you know, we had turnovers. Rubio had three. Uh, oh, sorry. One turnover. Sarge had three. Booker had six. Uh, Aiton had three turnovers himself. So it's like, I don't know. He, he should have shot the ball 25 times, not 12. Yeah. 10 for 12 from the floor. That means you're scoring very, very efficiently. You, sh- you shouldn't get the ball yanked away from you. You should be putting up 20 20- 20 shots but on the other side of it he only shot one free throw in this game he's yeah oh excuse me no yeah no, one free throw in this one, game and he missed for it. one and he missed it he, he needs to be getting to the line a few times per game as a big man with the amount of offensive rebounds that he normally grabs he had three in this game it, it feels like that's that's the time to go back up and get fouled when you grab one of those mm-hmm. offensive rebounds but it it just doesn't happen. He doesn't he doesn't want to get to the line is what it feels like. Know. He'd rather avoid the contact and he needs to not. He needs to he needs to thrive on contact and get to the line a few times and make everything easier. Get those free right. throws going, then those jumpers are easier to fall. Right. I mean, he tries so hard to be such a finesse player. And it's like he's huge. Like, you're huge. Use your body. This I was saying something at, at the game against the Warriors. And I said, you know, I know that this is probably... Like, I know it, it wouldn't exactly work in the NBA in real life. And maybe in theory, it's good. But if I were seven feet tall, I would try to dunk the ball every time I touched it. Yeah. Like, I would want to dunk every single time. Whether I'm wide open or there's the whole team on me and why won't our guys dunk no like christian wood on the pistons he wants to dunk on people and he's a he's a beanpole aiden's a bigger stronger faster more athletic guy and he just doesn't want to turn it over and dunk and i mean sometimes yeah finesse is the way to go if you need if you don't have the right angle or you're not going to be able to dunk it's nice that aiden has that nice touch around there 
But man, I'd rather just see him like Eddie Johnson says every time is like break someone's fingers when you throw one down so hard. Try to do that. I I I want Aiton's goal to be to tear down a backboard. Yeah, get him like, on that Shaq diet. Yes. Like I don't I mean I want him to be in shape, but Yeah. Like dunk it. Just you're seven feet tall. He plays like he's six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, and it's not going to get any better when we talk about this next game. It's the wow. loss to the Golden State Warriors. Final score, 115-99. to 99. Suns come out and score 41 points in the first quarter. They they keep the lead going into halftime. And, you know, at, at points in this game, I think we were up 18 at one point. Mm-hmm. You were, we were almost ready to coast, it felt like. It was like you're playing the Warriors. They're not going to have much fight left. And then they did. I mean, these guys, I've never heard of Michael Mulder before. <laughs> right? I've, I've heard of Juan Toscano Anderson one time before this. He, like, just started playing, too. It It's absolutely mad. These guys all are in double digits except the before-mentioned JTA. I'm going to call Juan JTA. <laughs> JTA. They okay. The Warriors started Bender and Chris. The, that's this a slap. War, that's yes, a, that's a slap right there. Yes, it is absolutely. Uh, Kavon Looney, Eric Pascal has twenty five points. Are you kidding me? Like, I know Pascal has had a pretty good season, but come on, we're way better than this team. And Bridges was guarding him for a lot of those. He was just out muscling bridges, and it it was that second half was by far the most frustrating half of basketball this season. I mean, we score we score sixteen points in the third quarter and eighteen in the fourth. You're never gonna win games if that's what you're scoring. And sixteen points in a quarter that's ridiculous. We, we scored, scored more, more points in the first, in the first quarter. quarter than the second half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We. I mean, the Warriors. Yes, they won this game, but we gave it to them. We just let this game get away from us entirely. I mean, it looks like we didn't even want to play. I know it was the second night of a back-to-back, but you're at home against a G League lineup, basically. Like, come on. How do you give up 54 points in the paint to those guys? What does Aiton have to say for himself after that? Really, yeah. letting letting those guys just dominate. And yeah, Chris is a great athlete, but Aiton should be dominating Chris. Yeah, he should definitely. Aiton had twenty points and nine rebounds on eight for sixteen shooting. This I know that these are very high expectations that I'm about to set, but this is the way I look at Aiton. I look at twenty and ten as his baseline so zeros anything past 20 and anything past 10 rebounds that is where i start looking at a stat line so the way i look at this stat line for Aiden is zero and negative one i know that that's very very lofty expectations but he needs to be doing more with five fouls and five turnovers too yeah yeah and in this game Aiton, Booker, and Rubio combined for 16 turnovers. 
And that's so upsetting. And after this game, Monty Williams was frustrated about guys playing selfishly. I think that's the first time I've heard that this entire season. As a team who really, really moves the ball pretty well and is ranked pretty highly up there in assists per game, what are we're top five in assists per game? Yeah, right? yeah, like we, I know we were two. the top team for a while. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure where we're at right this instant, but you know that 24 assists in this game, not absolutely terrible by any means, but it's sad hearing Monty call us call our team selfish because that's obviously not how we're gonna win unless Booker scores 70. But last time he did that, we didn't win. Right. I mean, Booker was six for 16. He was just cold. And I mean, I love Devin Booker, obviously, but I mean, he was not, he was playing pretty selfishly. He had one assist in this game and I don't remember it at all. I thought he had zero. One assist, no rebounds, 21 points on six for 16 shooting. And to nitpick on Booker a little more, I I don't even know if you call this nitpicking, but he had six rebounds over the last three games, and all of those six rebounds came against the Pistons. So in two out of three games, zero rebounds. Yeah. That just shows that he's not not hustling, not even, I don't know, was he going, was he crashing the glass at all, or was he just no, waiting for an outlet no. pass? No, just waiting. And then, I mean, even when he did get the ball, he missed a lot of shots. And normally he's very good at recognizing, okay, I'm a little bit off. I'm going to move the ball to, to someone who's on. I mean, Mikhail Bridges, for instance, in the first half. Uh, so I, I brought this up. He had 12 points in the first half. So he did score three more points in the second. Uh, five for 10 from three. So he shot quite a bit. Um, but, you know, really trying to get the ball to eight in a little bit more maybe. Or Sarge actually had a pretty good game, but he only shot eight times. Um, Cam Johnson, he was kind of off. Elia Kobo was on, but I mean, I think it's tough when I'm asking Booker to be less selfish to give the ball, but other guys aren't hitting shots either. But I mean, Booker was, this was one of his colder games. And to wrap this whole thing up, I think that all revolves around Kelly Oubre being gone. I think Oubre's the guy Booker trusts the most. He's not out there. He probably thinks he has to do a little more. That's why we see the poor shooting percentages. That's why we see the turnovers. That's why we see the Suns losing to pretty much G League teams. Yeah. Yep. Okay, game previews. <laughs> Let's get real excited about this because, you know, a few walks in the park. We get the Raptors on Tuesday. We get the Blazers on Friday. And we get the Bucks on Sunday. Just what this team needs in its struggles <laughs> are three teams like this. So... I mean, I don't need to harp on any of these games. I think I'm going to be pretty pessimistic about the Suns until they prove differently on the court, until they show a little bit, something a little different than last week. So do you see any wins coming this week? No. Mm -mm. The Raptors are really good. Um, The Raptors could win the finals. I think they're that good. Like, I think they could win it all. I think... um, It'll be them fighting against the Bucks in the East, probably, uh, for the best team in the East. I mean, obviously, the Bucks' record is probably too good at this point for them to get the second seed, but um, the, the Raptors are really good. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. The Blazers, 
they're fighting for the eight seed in the West still. Um, and I know last week I said that I was, uh, I complained a little bit about other podcasts and media outlets and stuff, counting us out of the playoff race. Uh, go ahead. Count us out. Yeah. I'm, like it's, it's over. They um, were just ahead of the curve. They were. Yeah. I mean, our, our season was over when we lost to the Pistons basically. So yeah, it's, it's rough we're, there is no chance. Um, but, uh, the Blazers are still fighting hard, and they always seem to play us pretty well. I know we have beat them this season, but it's still not looking good, and no Kelly Hurts. But that is the game for our bet question. So since we actually have played fairly decently in the first halves of these games, the question is how many points will the Suns score in the first half against the Blazers? So chime in on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod with your guess, and whoever's closest will get a shout-out on the show. So how many how many points do you think we'll score in this game against the Blazers in just the first half? You know what? I'm going to let you go first this time. Okay, I'll say <laughs> 60. 60, all right. I'll go with 54. 54. Okay, so 60 and 54. We'll see. Um, and then as far as the Bucks go, I mean, what is there to say? We get to play the two best teams in the East with the Blazers in between. Good luck. <laughs> that's, that's tough. And I, the one thing, and I don't enjoy that this is what I look forward to, but I like to see how we match up McHale defensively lately. I just like seeing the assignments that he gets, what changes them, like what does it take for him to get switched on to somebody else. And then when we're playing a guy like Giannis, who's a freak, I, I wonder if it's a Aiton and we do some other crazy business to try to cover up whoever else they put out there who's big or, you know, Bridges. I, I don't know. But that's something that I look forward to lately, which yeah. kind of kind of stinks but that's you know. that's gonna be interesting especially in this string of games he's gonna have to guard siakam against the raptors yeah uh the blazers does he guard lillard probably i'd hope so I would. I, yeah i would think and then the bucks i mean we did we put Aiton on Giannis last time we played the bucks and bridges for a little bit but we'll see because uh i think i think it'd be interesting to put Aiton on Giannis and then Bridges on Middleton, but yeah, Middleton's—he's pretty good. Really, he's really good. Yeah, and he's very good. We'll need someone to cover him up. And is it? I don't know. I'd rather put. I think I'd rather go Aiton on Giannis, Bridges on Middleton. I think that'd probably be the. Yeah. The way to attack it. Then Dario on Lopez, if that—that's who they're still starting. I assume. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week for Suns fans, so I guess hang in there. Good luck, Suns. <laughs> All right, that brings us to our non-sports section of the show. Um, this was inspired because Charlie was in Sedona uh, over the past few days and saw a lot of wildlife. Uh, heard some sounds, saw some things, I take it. Yeah, saw a bobcat go... I think it was a bobcat. I'm pretty sure it was a bobcat, but it walked just behind the backyard of our Airbnb 
and it just strolled by like it didn't have a care in the world. It was pretty crazy. I don't think I'd ever seen one before, especially in the wild. And then the coyotes were going wild. And it was, it was pretty cool to hear them all just howling and you could tell they were in different spots. Oh yeah. They they were talking back and forth. I think was the case. It was that's, pretty cool. That's cool. You know, that reminds me of something. You know how uh, bats use that echolocation, right? Yeah. For a long time, we've thought bats were like really smart using sonar and echolocation and all this with their sounds. But I, I saw an article recently about um, these new cameras. We have a lot of new technology for recording like high speeds at night and things like that. And so uh, researchers have been recording bats and it turns out they're like really stupid actually. And they just fly into each other and like walls and stuff all the time. And like what we knew of bats was like pretty wrong. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. Well, I've never liked bats and I don't like them anymore. But our question this week is, what is your wildest encounter with an animal? Okay, so mine have all been very tame. I can't think of a situation where I've ever felt in danger of a wild animal. But I do just have the the weirdest one. We were driving home from a friend who lived out in the country. This is South Dakota, so out, you know... All it is is fields, farm the fields, D. the southern D, gravel roads, fields, nothing to see for miles and miles. So we're driving through and we're, we turn onto a gravel road and we see a big buck, a big deer, a big buck. And it, it, it starts coming towards us. And as we're turning, it's running directly parallel to, the, to our car. And we're in the, I was sitting in the back seat behind the driver and the deer was literally right next to me. And we were all looking at each other, kind of wondering like, what's going on here? This seems weird. Normally the deers try to stay away from vehicles and this deer just stayed pace with us. And we tried speeding up and we were, you know, we were going like 25, 30 miles per hour after the turn. Deer's still with us. We speed up. I don't, I'm not sure exactly how fast we were going, but we saw the the deer turned it on like it was sprinting right next to our vehicle. And then all of a sudden it smashes into the back end of the car. So like right behind where I was sitting, it just hits its head against the back and then it kind of staggers off and then runs into the field. And we got out and looked and there were like these scratches from the antlers in the back of his car. And there was like a face smudge on the, that you could see from the dust. It was so weird. Jeez. And huh. the, this deer was like, it wanted to fight or something. I don't know what it was, but the fact that it sped up to stay in pace with us was really crazy. That is odd. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it, maybe it had some sort of, I, I don't know. Do they get rabies or yeah. something that affects their brains? To some I know extent? there was uh, a few years back, there was this prion that was going around in a lot of deer. That's uh, a brain, yeah, a brain uh-huh. situation, right? Yep, yeah, yep. And it's not like a virus or a bacteria. It's its own thing. But it really affected deer. And uh, I know it would make them do some pretty nutty things. So, I, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I do remember hearing that. That would line up. Because I, I had never, you know, I've seen thousands of deers cross the road or even running in the ditch. But I've never seen one 
run up next to a car and try to stay with it. It was yeah, so that's wild, huh? Um, I've got a pretty wild encounter. Uh, this was when I was a kid. I think I was in fourth grade. Um, Casper, Wyoming, where I grew up. Um, I was outside with one of my friends who was my neighbor, and we were just throwing the football around a little bit, just playing catch. It was a pretty nice day out, but some clouds started rolling in and uh, started to rain. So we decided to go inside. And I had left my football outside. We were we were kids. We were just having fun. We were like, oh, let's run. Let's race inside or something like that. I dropped the ball and we go in. And once I got into the garage, I realized, oh, I don't have my football. I need to go back out to the backyard to grab the ball. So I walk out and I bend down to pick this ball up. And I look right in front of me and there's a six foot long snake with its mouth wide open right in front of my hand. And I do not like snakes. I have never liked snakes. I think they're the worst. So I grabbed this ball, and I think that's the fastest I've ever ran in my life. I sprinted back to that garage, slammed the door closed, and my friend was like, what is going on? So I had to explain it. Uh, We had a doggy door at the time. And so I put the cover on that just in case. And I ran inside and told my mom, she called animal control. And the snake had traveled into our, across the street neighbor's yard and animal control got there and used this like stick thing to pick this snake up. And oh, I'm still getting chills just thinking about it now. This was so long ago. But yeah, they came by and told us it was just a bull snake. So they're actually good because they eat the rattlesnakes. But Uh I don't care. I don't want to get bit by any of them. So no, I've... Since living in Arizona, I'm pretty thankful of the lack of snakes that I've seen. I've seen a oh, few. Yeah. I've seen a couple scorpions, but otherwise, I haven't been uh, I haven't been scared by a snake lately, and that's pretty yeah. nice. Scorpions don't bother me, but snakes. I can't even look at pictures of snakes. I cannot stand them. Me neither, brother. <laughs> All right. That's the show. We thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Yep, and Instagram. <laughs> Anyways, come back next week. We'll, we're going to start breaking down some free agent possibilities. We'll start looking at the draft lottery because after this week, it, it's just about that time. It's so March. tune back in for College that. Basketball. It is March. March Madness time. I'm ready Go for Zags. that. Go Zags. Go Zags. That's... That's what we that's what Mitch says. <laughs> that's what we say. <laughs> so for the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, I'm Charlie Erling. Go Zags. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, go Zags. Checked out their astral chart. This one is a